So the countdown is on to the start of spring football. Welcome to the Plank Show. We are live from Cavens Construction Group on a Wednesday. Uh, I'm traveling tomorrow, but we'll be we'll be bus side tomorrow for a majority of the of the show. I I I'm excited about this trip to Mary Nutter. It's my favorite trip. I'm concerned because the weather forecast is not good, and we've never dealt with bad weather in Palm Springs, at least in the you know seven eight years I've been going. But I'm also hopeful because everything that's been coming from the Marionette people, everything that, you know, they've been putting out publicly leads you to believe we've got a chance. we got a chance to play some games this weekend. So uh, it's a Wednesday, Cavens Construction. Again, you can call Gary. Call Amanda right now, 405-573-3048. Water, flood, they got their trucks, drivers, cleanup crews. They build back. Um, They're your one-stop shop, Cavens Construction. Also, again, tough one last night as Oklahoma Falls. We'll have more uh, from Porter Moser. We're going to get into the B. John Cortez saga coming up at the bottom of this hour. And I don't know, just a real quick thought before we dive into this this new segment. Josh, are you a believer that now this is a two-team race for the Big 12 championship, or are you still giving Kansas State at 9-6 and a shot? I think it's a two-team race. You'd have to have, you know, a pair of teams. Now, one of them, you know, with uh, the regular season finales picking up a loss between Texas and Kansas, but you're still asking both to lose two out of their final three. So, I just – I don't think that's happening, man. I don't either. I don't either. So, with that in mind – there is a, a te- Texas's schedule, by the way, is an absolute beast. It's final three games. They got the win over Iowa State last night. They go to Waco on Saturday, a mad Baylor team who just lost. They go to Fort Worth next Wednesday, and then a week from Saturday, they host Kansas, which could be for the Big 12 title, but that is a brutal three-game stretch here for, for, um, for Texas to try to stay in the mix uh, for the Big 12 championship, tied with Kansas right now at 11-4 and four overall. But as we sit here today, Josh, as we sit here on this being, let me double, make sure I have all my calendar stuff updated. This being the 22nd day of February, we are approximately 27 days away from the start of spring ball, right? I mean, give or take it to March 22nd is the first day of spring practice. April 22nd is the spring game. And of those 27 days, I figure there's a good, you know, 21 to 22 shows that we'll have together. So I wanted – we don't have to go balls to the wall. We don't have to go – I mean, there can be hey, – just this quick note, there might be breaking news that leads to it. There might be something that could shift this topic in another direction. Hey, we might have a guest. Who knows? But, Josh, I want to do – I want to make an appointment with you guys – every day at 10 a.m. to where we're going to talk about expectations, storylines, angles for spring football. And part of this is how long has it been since the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, Josh? Has it even been a week? Uh, I think uh, a a week from Sunday, right? Like 10 days? Yeah. (laughs) So it's been, what, 10 days? I miss football. And – 
I'm already sick and tired of the Lamar Jackson conversation. I'm done with waiting for Aaron Rodgers. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired. I'm tired. So I miss football, and I'm excited about the spring. So if it if it's even a topic that you guys want to dive into as well, every day at 10 a.m., and now part of this is, Josh, you making sure that you don't let me forget, every day at 10 a.m., we're going to be talking Sooner football. So with that in mind, I wanted to go back to the conversations that were had with players, right? And everyone was made available, and it was really cool. And I'm grateful to um, I'm grateful to Mike Houck. I'm grateful to Brent Venables and everyone who made that available because I thought, Josh, that was a really, really cool deal. But if I were to say my number one, or at least the first thing that I start thinking about whenever you have an event like that is all those dudes are newcomers, right? And Teddy has always challenged us with what? Don't get too caught up in having these true freshmen come in and basically be instant starters. It's been one of my big charges too, right? I don't I don't believe by any stretch of the imagination that there's many freshmen who come in as day one starters. It's just it's it's hard, man. It's hard. But I'm going to be watching to see if I think there's some dudes that can make a difference. Uh, Tad, I'm sorry. I apologize. But, Josh, when it comes to these freshmen that are coming in for Oklahoma, everything that's being said is what you need to hear from dudes that you feel like can come in and, and make a difference. I know. I'm falling into a horrible trap. And this is day one of 20 to 21 different storylines leading into spring ball, which will begin on March 22nd. But – I get the sense, I get the sense that more guys, more younger guys have an opportunity to be difference makers than maybe we've seen in a long time. More guys have an opportunity to be difference makers that are new to the team and new on the roster than we've seen in a while, right? And I don't think that's always going to be the case. You want to build that foundation. You want to get those dudes that understand what you're all about. I just, I don't know. My first storyline I wanted to get into is the youths, the freshmen, the low-hanging fruit. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not talking about grad, uh, transfers or grad transfers. No, no we, we get that. We know that. But am I falling into a trap if I sit here on the 22nd day? Uh, oh, hold on a second. I'm way off on my schedule. Uh, yeah, on the 22nd day of February, and I tell you, hey, dude, I, I think, I think Peyton Bowen's got a chance to play this year. Or I think Macari Vickers has a chance to play. Or I think Omashigo has a chance to play. I mean, am I am I falling into a trap that I've warned people about? Or is this a storyline worth following when spring ball starts? I think it's a storyline worth following. I do. When you especially with a, a Bowen and and Adabare like those two guys are five-star kids that you signed that you're bringing in defensively. And oh, by the way, some of the other names that you're mentioning, high, high blue chip signees. So this is not bringing a a three-star and oh, by the way, they've got to, you know, physically develop a bunch and on and on and on and on. And oh, by the way, they, you know, got to adjust to the speed of the game and, 
probably that's true, I guess, to some degree for everybody. But just based on the caliber of signee that you're bringing in, and ultimately how poor Oklahoma was defensively a season ago. Right. Those two things in combination with one Mm. another, you have to think there's at least some sort of a chance. If not straight away, then, you know, you get to the past the Texas game or the midway point of the season. And I think that, yes, you'll see some young players taking snaps. Here was what Peyton Bowen said. When he was asked about, hey, the defensive struggles, does that give you any pause for cause when you decided to come to Oklahoma? Um, and as you might imagine, this dude, awesome behind the mic. Just like the culture, I mean, Ven- and, and Venable's defense, just like like I heard multiple times, history repeats itself. Like for many, many years, Venable's had the number one defense in in college football. And so, like, I knew that he didn't have his squad, like he didn't have his class really. Like Lincoln took half the people to, with them, and so like he was kind of he was like building from the ground up, which he got a lot of he got a lot of stuff for for going six and seven. But I mean, with the class he brought in this year for defense, I think we'll have a really and like we have so much veteran leadership coming back that we can definitely do something. Yeah. Now, now again, I want to make this very clear. I want to make this very clear. There's very high expectations. But when Brent Venables, who – quick little sidebar. You ever have someone that's a really hard grader whenever you were in, in, in college or high school? You ever have that teacher, that professor, um, maybe it was a guidance counselor where you knew regardless of how good you thought something was, you were going to be graded pretty hard? Absolutely. I can't think of one specific – well, yeah, actually Mr. Schaefer in high school for sure. But, yes, and I've had Uh, multiple teachers just like that. I feel like Brent Venables is a hard grader. I think it's it's a challenge to get a good grade from Brent Venables when it comes to defensive football. When he said, quote, football is easy for him, talking about Peyton Bowen, Quote, schemes are easy for him. Now, I'm paraphrasing, and we'll play the full cut a little bit later on, but that screams of a guy that has a chance to play right away, Josh. No doubt. That screams of a dude that that is, and again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ted. I'm falling into this, and I'm trying not to, but it just it sounds like somebody who can step in and play right away. And it, it doesn't sound like a head coach pushing back against the idea of that. Right. When you make those types of comments, it it only fosters that idea that, yes, five star kid where Oklahoma in the secondary, just across the board defensively was at his understanding. It's not too much for him. Football is easy. Yes, it lends itself to the idea that, hey, he's going to have a chance to come in and and contribute. So. We're excited about newcomers. Right? Everyone is. It's, it, it's been my, my constant joke for a while. You don't care about the five-star that you signed in last year's class, but, oh, look out for the five-star in this year's class, right? Everyone just kind of, they, they, they move on rather quickly. And that's fine. I mean, we all do. It's, it's, it's the world. But the bottom line, more than anything else, you're, you're looking at right now, a pretty awesome opportunities for all these guys, Josh. 
a pretty a pretty awesome opportunity for them to come in and become like immediately dif- immediate difference makers. Immediately no. Immediately no. This is sixth overall class, composite rank of number four. Um, you mentioned Adebare, five-star guy. I've been talking a lot about Peyton Bowen. Don't forget about Makari Vickers. Um, I know some people, you know, Derek, Derek LeBlanc to me is more of a developmental guy. Right? I think he is a dude that I know he was there at the bowl game, right? He was one of the three or four freshmen. I just, to me, he is a dude that it's going to take some time. Josiah Wagner is the same way. And Kendall Dolby doesn't fall into this conversation because um, what we consider him a transfer, right? Phil Pachotti is another one that a lot of people are talking about because of the way he looks. Like, if you were to draw a picture of a football player, he would look like Phil Pachotti. It's like, there's my football player. So, I, I guess storyline number one, Josh, that we're intrigued by heading into fall, uh, spring football the potential of freshmen impacting the defense. The potential of a Peyton Bowen not just showing up on a depth chart, but being a guy. The possibility of, you know, Phil Pachotti not just looking the part, but, you know, being being a dude that we see out there. It's not easy. It's not the way you want it. you got to be pretty special in order to play as a freshman. But – I guess maybe my question more than anything else, are you with some guys who potentially could be special? And I would say, yeah, better be. <laughs> Absolutely could be. I'm fascinated by the freshmen and what they could potentially do on defense, Josh. Fascinated. Same. I think that obviously that's a big piece of the excitement for the spring. And really, if you wanted to take it even more macro than that, like we saw with this recent availability what what did Oklahoma do they brought all the newcomers in right so just the the yep. newcomers oh. throughout the spring which uh, like you a, a name like Dolby he, he would be a part of that mix yep. McCullough and and not talking about Dave McCullough but Deshaun McCullough these newcomers can they step right in and impact and morph this defense overnight the the hope is yes 405 651 that's 405-651-3439. You guys reacting to this every single day, 10 a.m. It's my guarantee to you, 10 a.m. every day with some headlines, and we're going to dive into a spring football note right here on the Home Sooner Fans. You feel better now? I feel better now. I feel like this show just came together. Is that fair? Ah, I do uh, feel a sense of relief, yes. Every day at 10 a.m. we're going to hit a topic involving and counting down to OU spring ball. Uh, we were diving into the potential of freshmen making an impact defensively. We played a cut from Peyton Bowen. We'll have more from Brent Venables coming up later on. But let me get a couple of thoughts that uh, you guys had at 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, here's one from the 405 that writes, hopefully they let Bowen return kicks. He was fire at Denton. Um, I feel like just about every single guy that that Oklahoma seems to recruit, we want him to play. Uh, we want him to, to return kicks. <laughs> it's like, man, wait till you see Drake Stoops return punts, or wait till you see this. I, I don't know, man. It, here's the number one, number one thing: if you're going to return kicks, in my opinion, guy catch and protect the football. Number one, number one, catch and protect the football. 
Um, then we can get into the electricity of things. I know. I know. Every time we talk about kick returns, you know, our punt returns or anything like that, do you know the first nightmare vision that I have, Josh Helmer, and it's related to you in a roundabout way? You What's want to that? It's, uh, it's Tamarick Vanover. That's whenever people start talking about kick returns and punt returns, that's – that was a nightmare feel for me. But we'll see. Um, Mike writes, why are these 17- to 18-year-old kids more mature than our grown adult fans? Bowen is very impressive. Now – there is a claim from this texter that it's Mike the Weatherman Morgan. So I'll take it. The profile of celebrity listeners continue to grow on this show. There's Kevin Henry. There's Patty Gasso. There's Jim Gasso. And now there's Mike the Weatherman Morgan, who I don't really think that's Mike Morgan. Um, Brazilian Sooner, Brazilian Sooner writes, Thought a freshman might start a receiver at some point this year, but not being here for the spring slows that down. Nobody has proven anything at that position except for Stoops. All right, listen, Brazilian Sooner. Listen, listen, listen. Let's not get ahead of the, the topic wheel here, okay? We got a lot of shows to do. We got a lot of previews before spring ball. We got to stay focused, Josh. Focused, focused. But. I do think there's a fair point to say, and I know that I don't know how much Teddy's talked about this. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of people that feel this way, and I'm not, I'm not sure if Coach has ever come out and, like, given a definitive stance recently. But it would tie into what Brazilian Sooner would say in that maybe we just wasted 30 minutes because – Brent Venables is not a guy that has historically played freshman. And, you know, you got to really, you got to be really something out of this world to play as a true freshman. And by the way, that's the case in college football, period. I mean, I, I, take a few moments to go back and look at Alabama and Georgia's depth charts from last year. Some people act like there's 12 true freshmen on there. There's usually one. Georgia won the national championship two years ago with two freshmen that even really played. Um, you want to become developmental programs. And, you know, in that, I think kind of the practice here, Josh, is not just that, you know, you brought in guys that seem to be capable of doing this, but there might be more of an opportunity than you've had before, right? you're coming into a situation where there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah, it's unique in the sense that Brent Venables and Oklahoma were 6-7 and seven a season ago. Right. Okay? The, the defense had all sorts of problems. And this is Brent Venables' first class at Oklahoma. And, oh, by the way, it's an incredible class. It's very, yeah. very talented. So – You've got a lot of different forces at work that potentially would make it unique in that respect to where, yes, the history says freshmen aren't seeing the football field, and that's not just Brent Venable's history. That's really kind of a college football history. But, oh, by the way, there's an obvious need. There are opportunities to be had, and this group might, might be uniquely qualified and ready for it. 
But again, time will Again, go. we'll see. Which again gets into the whole point of the topic. Intriguing storylines this spring. Um <laughs> Kendall, Buki was a five star, just saying. Camo Suno, I think <clears throat> Camo Sooner. I think it's going to be hard to keep out of out of off the field. The dude is going to wreak havoc. Okay, I, I would agree. But then in that same kind of mindset, I think, man, look at how this guy developed from where people saw him through portions of his junior season in high school to how he developed as a senior. Boy, can you imagine the year he's going to have to develop as at Oklahoma? So I, I don't know. I just I, I agree with you, Camo, sooner. I agree with you. But I, that's kind of the point of this practice, right? That's the point of this practice. Well, and I was surprised. The few couple of notable measurables, I, I know our man Parker Thune tweeted this out the other day with the big media availability. P.J. Adebare's measurables were surprisingly – his weight wasn't as much as I would have expected it would be coming in. So that's something to keep tabs on. Can can he add enough to the frame between now and the start of the kickoffs of the season to where – or is he just good enough that it just doesn't even matter? Right. I think, And I think that's where – that's where a lot of the frustration, I think, for some people was last year. It's like, hey, it might be undersized, but they would say, that's, or he might be – not as familiar as you want. He's going to make mistakes, but what's it? Can't be any worse than what I'm seeing here. Can't be any worse. I will say this as far as what I think guys like Adabari and Fashadi are going to be. I'm also intrigued by, all right, another year of seeing how Danny Stutzman develops. Where does, where does Kobe McKenzie fit into all of this? You know, Kip, Kip Lewis is a dude that, you know, they haven't updated the roster, right? They had Lewis listed as 6-1-2-0-1. But I would, I would imagine that's been significantly upgraded. Jaron Canick, and again, that's more for Pashadin. But as far as the defensive line is concerned, you know, Josh, that's the area where I think there's opportunities, right? You got to see, you got to see more consistency from Jonah Laula. You got to see. I mean, listen, if, if Kelvin Gilliam, I don't know, is he an inside, outside guy on that? I don't know. But, I mean, I'm three years removed from everyone telling me how big of a get he was in in recruiting. I want to see the improvement that Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes have to make. But I feel like that's the area for, for Adebare where I'm more apt to say, all right, I see what you're doing. Because who else? Who else ended up being a factor last year that nobody was talking about? Our Mason Thomas. He was the guy that was committed at Iowa State for the longest time. Then the next thing you know, they got him. Okay. And then, boom, he ends up being a guy that's playing during his freshman year. One of the few true freshmen. Probably, it, again, I don't have the snap totals in front of me, but right off the top of my head, I would say our Mason Thomas is a dude that played the most as a freshman. So maybe you might say on that offensive line that, you know, with a guy like, you know, Brent Venables, where he might not always be the biggest fan of playing freshman. And I don't know. I'm just – I'm echoing what everyone has to say. Maybe Miguel Chavis is more apt to say, oh, no, this guy's ready. Let's go. Let's get him out there. Let's see what happens. So we'll see. Someone <laughs> – this is good right here. Hey, by the way, any feel like I'm off on any of that? 
with, no, with playing freshman or not? No, I don't. And I'm trying to find uh, some snap counts for you if I can. Oh, thank you. Okay, I apologize. Let me read this in real quick. Uh, from <laughs> this is really good. From the five three nine, he writes. I was told Peyton Bowen resembled a honey badger. Well, I was told Buki was going to be the next Roy Williams. <laughs> so hey, easy on the Buki slander this morning. He's you know he's coaching now, right? You know where Buki's coaching? USC. Yep, he's one of the quality control assistants for Alex Grinch. Uh, two others. Bothroyd comes in from Wake Forest and has more stats than all the OU Edge players combined. That's a really good point. I haven't even thought about that. But, again, I, I haven't factored in the grad transfers either. I, I'm going to grab a break. Any, uh, did you find the snap counts, Josh, before we get a timeout? Gary's going to join us when we come back. No, the Internet uh, does not want to play along okay. right now. I don't have PFF uh, because I'm cheap, so we'll get a timeout. Gary's going to join us. Good stuff. Keep them coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Topic of the day in our spring preview, freshmen, defensive players, guys that you think could make an impact. Now, again, like uh, that previous texter said, there's going to be some dudes that are grad transfers that will factor in. And, you know, Deshaun McCullough said some really cool things at uh, at Media Day. But it's also, it appears as if, I mean, what, he, he going he gonna to be the cheetah? Are we going to have like 10 cheetahs out on the field? But with these freshman guys, I think that we would put the asterisks and the star next to Peyton Bowen, right? At a bar, eh? Would you say? And I'm saying these are dudes that we think have a chance to play significant snaps in 23. Bowen at a bar, eh? And would you would you throw Macari Vickers in yes, there? Yes, absolutely, okay. no doubt. Anyone else you want to add to that? Let me look at – let, let me think about it. I, think yes, about it. I'm think, sure there all right, are. All right, think about it. Get, we'll get a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk to Gary Cavins, and then I'll see if there's anyone you think we should add to that list of guys that we think can be freshman contributors on the defensive side of the football. It's Plank Show on the road at Cavins right here on the ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavins Construction where Gary Cavins is the hero today. <laughs> I don't know about all Have that. Have you ever no, seen Chris. the song, Then a Hero Comes Along? And <laughs> – I don't know the rest of the words, but you're my hero today. Thank you, Josh. And, and it's not—it's not anything here. It's you know we can't—we're not going to name anyone, but let's just say sometimes the Wi-Fi doesn't like us, and we'll—I'll be on the phone with the providers. I did almost throw that hotspot, not yours, but the other <laughs> one. I almost threw that. I my anger was was ramping up a little bit, but find your wins. We're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna find a reason to be happy today. Hey, and, let's be honest. There's a certain phone company that everybody has anger with when they talk we'll leave them that's nameless right. but right. everybody around here we have company phones mm-hmm. and when we have to get on the phone with that phone company everybody draws straws to see who has to <laughs> sit on there for three hours and deal with them you're not i'm not doing it i'm not doing it uh how's business how's life going man it's going good it's going real good it's going good we're busy um you know and that's what we like we like to stay busy busy keep our guys busy and uh, we've got uh several mold jobs that we're closing out right now today and um, we've got several um, uh, new opportunities going on. So we're headed down to Dallas tomorrow to work on a, a big mall down there that's having some water intrusion issues. They need us to do some water trapping, which is basically diverting water to where it won't cause damage to the property. And so we're going to be doing that on the inside. So we're super excited about that. And, you know, between Arkansas, Kansas, and Texas, and Oklahoma, and, you know, we're staying pretty busy, and we like it. You know, if you have environmental needs from water to fire, 
mold, uh, give us a call. We're here to help. Try, uh, crime scene and trauma cleanup, we're here. Because one of the biggest, I, I don't want to say mistakes, but is as a homeowner, you might have a you might have a massive storm or you might have something and you're like, oh, we're good. I don't see any leaks anywhere. But there could be leaks that you don't find and you'll see the water damage. You'll see the black spots. And, Gary, that's where you guys can come in and help right away because we talk about it a lot. But just because you're not – this it's a weird way to say it, but just because you're not seeing anything right away doesn't mean there isn't a problem and doesn't mean it can cost you thousands in the long run if you don't take care of it quick. That's right. So, I mean, the first signs of you see any kind of water intrusion in your business – or in your home, uh, you need to give us a call so we can do a water intrusion investigation. Um, and, you know, because what happens is the longer it sits, the worse it gets and the more opportunity for mold. And there's many different kinds of mold out there. There's mold that's good for you and there's mold that's bad for you. And what we don't want to get is those five types of mold that are really bad for you that can grow in your inside environment and affect your health. And it's not just your short-term health, it's your long-term health that we're really worried about when it comes to mold. Um, and once it gets disturbed and gets airborne and you start breathing it into your lungs and, you know, I'm not a doctor by any means, but there's a lot of um, uh, reports out there on this stuff that are written by doctors and stuff. So mold's not something to mess around with. Um, as You know, back in the, you know, the 90s and the 80s, everybody's just like, oh, throw bleach on it. Mm-hmm. It'll go away. It, that's not how mold really works. Um, there is a lot more science to it now uh, because it's caused health issues through the years and a lot more research on it. And, you know, it's something not to mess around with. So if you have mold and you need a mold investigation or you need mold removal, uh, mold testing, give us a call. That's one thing that our, guy, our team is great at, and they can step in and help um, anytime, you know, anytime. Um, and then, you know, we, we had a chance to talk to Chris a couple weeks ago, but there's still the roofing side of it, right, that you guys are very busy on. Yes, and you know, right now is the time to have your roofs inspected. It's it's fairly warm right now, and we're getting ready to get in. We're right at that edge of end of winter, start of spring, and you know, we which means we're getting ready to get into rain season. Um, so it's a lot easier to get ahead of it, inspect your roof, make sure there's no problems or anything like that now. Uh, versus down the road once the rain starts because once the rain starts it's a lot harder the damage is already done um, so it's right now is the time to get your uh, pre-spring inspections done on your roofs inspections and I, I feel like I've been talking about this for a year your guttering I mean I, I want my guttering is a mm-hmm. mess man and you guys have creative ways I know it's not you know the maybe the top of people's minds but you know, we're gonna start seeing more rain here in a bit and you don't want water coming off near your home. It's my big battle right now to try to make sure that I'm keeping that water as far away from my home as I can. If you got guttering problems, that's going to become an issue. A hundred percent. And, you know, we're here to help uh, for the entire state of Oklahoma when it comes to roofing. Um, we're licensed in Kansas. We're licensed in Arkansas. And we're uh, squared away in, in Texas, too. So if you have roofing issues or roofing needs um, in any of those states, uh, just give us a call. We can come out. We can see what's going on, and we can help you out. All right, um, two more quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here. Number one, there is still at the core of it that you love to be a part of the construction process. You come in here to our studios, and there's stories about things you did for the city of Norman, what you did at Sooner Mall, what you did for you know schools across the country. You helped out with the uh, Hertz Donuts, the Pinkberry. Pinkberry, is that right? On, yeah. on Campus yes, Corner. That's, that's still something that's an integral part of what mm-hmm. you do, isn't it? Yes. I mean, we've done uh, we've done a significant amount of remodels and new builds over the last uh, 13 years. And, you know, 
we really focus on the environmental now. We do commercial maintenance. So we come in and we work on doors, hardware, um, assembly, uh, ceilings, paint, uh, cabinet doors, just all kinds of different things, uh, plumbing on the commercial maintenance side, um, anything for your business um, that you might need. And then we also do the, the environmental and the roofing. And the environmental is the huge part. It's the fire, the water, um, the mold, uh, the crime scene cleanup, the water trapping. Um, it, it's all that stuff. And, you know, our team is really good at it. We spent a lot of time training and developing. We actually had training this morning. We had breakfast and training. That's why all that food's up Gosh, there. There's so much good food over and, there. And, you know, so we, we try to do a breakfast once a week and do training. And then we, we honestly try to do training multiple times a week. Uh, we do in, on, in the field training with our techs to do hands-on training. And then we also do classroom training and then we also do webinar training too keeps you busy all right and then finally uh the best thing to do is just pick up the phone i can give you a call 405-573-3048 but i don't feel like we've talked enough about what you can really do on the water um uh, the water removal because water extraction you've invested a lot you've got the dryers you've got the experience we talked with the mold side of it but gary Get that water out of there quick. You guys are there to help. We are. Uh, you know, our water extraction structural drying teams are amazing. They go through a lot, a lot of training. Um, we have top-notch gear. We have uh, probably the largest amount of gear in Oklahoma for structural drying, um, and we've had we are we're really good at that when it comes down to. There's a lot of different techniques. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, we can help get your business back open as quickly as possible and turn it around. Uh, we can also help work with your insurance company, too, if you need us to. Um, you know, it's really a one-stop shop when it comes to water damage, flooding, uh, sewage back up into buildings, um, you know, any of that kind of stuff, pipe breaks, any of that kind of stuff that's affecting the environment. Uh, we want to get it dried, pro water out, and dried properly as quickly as possible so you don't have mold issues. Because if you don't, you're going to have mold issues down the road. And, and that's what we're here to do is to, to get to that point where it's all um, dried out and there's no issues and get you back open as quickly as possible. But we can not only can we do the environment, we can do the, the build back. So that's the big thing that a lot of people, you know, we can get in there. We have our own forces. We can get in there and start the build back process immediately to get you back open because we know as a business owner, you know, that's affecting your income. That's affecting your, your you don't want your customers going somewhere else and starting a new routine. Uh, buying from somewhere else so we understand those things and it's important to us to take care of you the customer uh, the business owner and get that back get your business back open as quick as possible amen thanks gary thank you chris it's gary cavins cavins construction he's our hero today 405-573-3048 405-573-3048 all right when we come back to the air comfort solutions text line we got more on the Sooners' tough loss at Texas Tech, 74-63. We're getting ready for OU women's basketball against Texas on Saturday. Josh Ginny Baranchek will be on the show tomorrow. Manana with Ginny Baranchek right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back in to the Plank Show. For some reason, I thought that was the top of the hour. I was ready for the top five. Let's go, top five stories of the daytime. Um, so last night, I keep saying I'm going to get to the text line. But last night, thanks to, uh, I, I guess, about an eight-year-old article in the Oklahoman, I was infatuated, Josh, with digging into all the start times for OU Texas. And I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of forgetting 
like what time most games kicked off this past year. I remember Kansas State and Kent State was night because the lights did the thing. But I kind of felt like that was the <laughs> that was one of the few home night games we actually had. I digress. I don't know when TV. So this, the reason I I got caught caught up in kick times, I fell down two rabbit holes. I'll spare you from my worst trades of all time rabbit hole, Josh, because at one point someone did trade a first round pick for Rick Meyer. So there's that. But I got into the kick time rabbit hole for the OU Texas game because of the the story from the Chris Del Conte virtual town meeting whenever he said, hey, you know, we've we've let the SEC know we want this to be a 2.30 kick, right? And and I'm always intrigued, I think, from a very greedy, kind of selfish fan perspective for me, someone who doesn't go stay out late on Friday night, someone who doesn't go to the bars, someone who doesn't, like, enjoy the ambiance, someone who works. I love 11 a.m., but I don't take that into consideration. That doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is for the fans. And I would think think that universally 230 is a little bit more embraced so i didn't see where we had too many problems with this but it got me thinking because i i I could not find this anywhere but do you when did tv start with the 11 a.m kicks like when did they start putting marquee games in the 11 a.m slot because you know 11 a.m to me was like oh ladies and gentlemen welcome to espn um I'm Carl Ravitch, along with Kelly Stouffer, and we're here in East Rutherford, New Jersey for Rutgers. I don't know. For for Rutgers and their showdown with Boston College, right? It was usually some crap game. And we saw it build. You know, obviously Fox did their thing a couple years ago with Big Noon Kick. But without that knowledge, right, when, when, when noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central time kicks began being a big thing. Do you know when the first true straight-up 11 a.m. kick was for an OU Texas game? Now, uh, just to give you some perspective, because I know you're, you're, you're probably going back here, the first time they played in the 11 a.m. hour was 1973. 1973, OU Texas was an 11.50 a.m. kick. It was also 11.50 a.m. in 78, 1980, in 1981. Some of you might argue, it's like, well, not the 11 o'clock hour, fair. In 1998, it was 11.30 a.m. But, Josh, do you know what year was the actual first true 11 a.m. kick for OU Texas? No, I don't. It was 2004. So, it had been noon in 2000. It was noon in 2005, which, by the way, I love the noon kick. I love it. But they don't give a you-know-what about the central time zone. So it was 11 a.m. in 04. It bounced around between noon and 2.30 and 5, 6, and 7. Then it was put in 2008 at 11 a.m. And since 2008, the OU Texas game has been an 11 a.m. kick every single year but two. 2010 and most recently in 2017. So historically, right, if you're looking at the time frame for this kick, 2.30 has been essentially it, 2.30 or 2 o'clock, right, from 1950 until, gosh, 1968, it was either 2 or 2.30. 
You go through the 70s. It was usually around 2.30. And I know TV time slots change a little bit, but all of that to ask, is that is that really that big of a story? Like, in other words, when we, we brought it up a little bit yesterday, but when you see that, is it, no, this ruins everything, or is it, yes, this helps everything? Because I know, uh, I know Teddy and Tyler talked about it a lot. I know it's been a topic throughout the day, but in my mind, in my head, I'm like, you know, there's, there's not like some consistent time to this. In other words, it wasn't like, oh, you Nebraskan and when it was Friday after Thanksgiving, right? It's not like um, the start time for the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, this thing hasn't really been some time-honored tradition at any set time. So is it really that big of a story? No, not necessarily. But uh, honestly, I think if it was the reverse and Chris Del Conte had pushed for, hey, we want this to be an 11 a.m. kick, I think there, there might be some uh, vitamin and animosity yeah. to it, right? The fact that it's at 2.30, again, I, I just think it's best for everybody involved, right? It sets you up to be the marquee afternoon game mm-hmm. that week, and it's you know for fairgoers, for those that go to this game at the Cotton Bowl, you don't totally have to rush around on that Saturday. It gives you a little bit of time that morning to enjoy the fair, to get to the fair in general and to the Cotton Bowl. So, to me, it's it's exactly what time you'd like to kick it off. Yeah, no, I, I so I dig it. So I, so I dig it. And, again, we're going to probably end up doing whatever TV tells you to do. And does the SEC have an 11 a.m. kick time? Yes, they do. And – I'm going to be fascinated to see what they want to do with that time slot. Because, you know, is that going to be a place where they're going to say, all right, Fox, all right, it's on. Here we go. We're putting our biggest games, some of our biggest games. I, I feel like the biggest games are going to be primetime ABC always. But I'm going to be real interested with the SEC going forward to see how they treat 11 a.m. All right. Quick break, did a little nerdy work. Top five stories of the day next, live from Cavens.